0: So Ric- Ricardo, should I call you Ricardo? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, Ricardo is fine or Arturo, it doesn't matter. Okay.
2: But pick your name. I <laughs> <we> call you. <laughs> just,
1: um, Ricardo is good because I think some people know me by Ricardo, and, and Arturo may throw them off. Yeah. Okay, cool.
0: Let's just go yeah. with Ricardo.
1: Awesome.
2: I've been calling him Arturo.
1: That's my that's my <laughs> middle name, and uh, I have a twin brother, so. Uh, that it just makes sense, you know. that People call me Arturo just because yeah. we have the same first name. Oh, get that's them. a way to differentiate us.
0: That's uh, really
1: interesting. He's not an oster yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I have um, I have two nieces. Um, and they have like one is like oh shit, did I forget the names? Of my <laughs> 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 um, but they have like opposite names. Like one one of them is like. Um, uh, Miranda Sofia and the other one is Sofia Miranda Wow! Well, yeah. so they're like switched uh... hey G sorry to wake you up so early
0: oh no worries, no worries. I, I got the t- I guess I got the time wrong I don't know uh, we're still in like the mode of like sorting out how to do this podcast <laughs> so it's like all organizationally not very good when did you first find out about NOSTA so I think
1: I think end of last year, about the same time that I I found out about, not that I found out about, but when I started like um, going down the rabbit hole of Bitcoin, Mm -hmm. one of the things that I did, um, I found this LNTX bot made by Fiat Jaff, and I started stalking him, like I started to find his repos, what he was working on, and because I thought that the bot was really cool, and I had built bots before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to know, like, how does this work? And I went into the, his code and uh, one of the repositories that he was working on was Noster, Noster Protocol. And I started reading it. And back then, you know, um, it, it didn't make, like, it, I thought it was cool, but, you know, it, it hadn't ringed the bells in my head yet. You know, it, it took me more months before I actually started coding anything for Noster or and I think my first contribution was for for Ya's first client, um, uh, Brandly. I, I, I don't know if you. I think uh, you guys spoke about it on the on the last episode. Yeah. Um, so so I, I added mentions to it. So that was the first Nostr client and the first one with mentions and the, the the first one that people looked. But it it was like so raw. So the UX was just not there. Mm. And. I couldn't really like show it to people They will go in and, and, and automatically be like, what is this? This doesn't work. I, I join in and I don't see anybody like how do I find people. There were all these um, UX issues with it. But um, I think um, after some time, uh, uh, William picked it up, uh, not, 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 not Bradley, but he, he picked up the project and started um, saying like, hey, maybe I could build something on top of this. And he started building Damas. Yeah. Um, uh, other clients started popping up like Alphaama. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it it looks like a terminal, um, but but it's on your browser. And I started using that one, and like almost every day, I would go in and say good morning or you know say hello to wh- whoever was there. But you know a- every single day, it was just like what maybe maybe ten to to fifteen posts that people would do. Um. But yeah, it was like really slow beginning, I will say, and then it started picking up somewhere around February last year, March, and then that's when I started to code a little bit more. And one of the things that I wanted to do, just because uh, I thought it was fun, um, was to build a relay. Um, But but the first iteration was just like I just want this to work. Like I just want to build like the the minimum, like the, the, the small piece that is needed to get this working. So, you know, I, I went to the Nostr Protocol repository and started reading the NAPO 01 and trying to understand it how it works and all that stuff and try to, to build it in my relay. And it was like really awful. Like if you go to to the Nost, to the Nostream repo and you go to the first commits, you're going to see like, oh, wow, this was like garbage <laughs> at the beginning. Um, and, and that's how I like building things. Like at the beginning, just make it work. It doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to solve the problem. And then um, over time, when I when I find the time for it, I start iterating and on the things that I think will bring more value. And that's how I started like adding more features and supporting new, new NIPS and and doing all this kind of stuff um, to make it better. So. That 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 was basically like I, I started like around February March with my my own relay, and and then I, I was thinking about all these uh, like small little projects that I could work on as well. So another thing that I did was the SMTP gateway because I thought, um, Noster is pretty pretty open as a protocol. What if we connect all the things to it? And I started coding this 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 gateway that you could send emails to it. And then it will turn them into dms so the emails were landing as dms on 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 my own nostr account and that was pretty cool to see um that that opened my my mind to a few more things um about nostr like i started automating and using nostr as like the transport for the automation i'm running um node red and and what's this other thing called uh home assistant on my local machine and I was also doing that and I started playing with lightning as well but I don't know so much about it like but I was able to like um, control my lightning node from it but I I didn't get too far into it Um, but yeah it's it's been like just trying little things with Nostrum and and then at some point I was like hmm let's turn Nostrum into something that anyone can use and That has basically been my goal with Nostream. Just something that you can, if you have a server, if you have a Raspberry Pi, you can just clone the repo, run a command, and bam, you got a relay. And that has basically been like the the, the pillar or the driving factor for me to make it.
0: Yeah, I think um, that's the the best approach to build anything and uh, trying to get things perfect before you release is like a really good way to just never release anything
1: yeah I'm a total agreement I think um, the, the way that we've been building things on Noster has been um, worse is better and uh, just just getting out there getting something out there that people can use and experience is better than having nothing I, I know we're gonna lose a lot of people at the beginning because they're gonna look at the projects and be like oh this is too raw this is too rough um, there's no way I can use this how, how do I even start? Um, but not everyone is going to think that some some people are going to see it and they're going to build upon it. And that's what you see. I think most of the clients that are being built today, they're based on other clients. Um, someone posted today a picture of uh, Damas, some guy running ahead and then every other client like following the Damas lead. <laughs> so <laughs> that was pretty funny. But that's pretty much, you know, most of these projects are. I actually uh, my inspiration for Nostream um, was the, the Rust Relay, uh, Nuster, uh RS Relay, um, made, made by Cyborg, and I basically looked at it, understood it, how it worked, and I was like, hmm, I could build this as well, um, but I'm going to use the language that I think will be easier for other people to jump in, because I think not everyone knows Rust. And I get the the part where you want like the, the relay to run really fast and serve as many clients as possible. But that's also the 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 what Node is trying to solve. So, uh, but the, but the thing is, Node is just the the, the runtime, right? But you the, the one of the most popular languages to build on Node is TypeScript. So I just went with that one. And started building it, and at the beginning, it was very, uh, like it didn't perform really well. You, you only had like one node running, one process handling all the events. Um, but Node has this feature where you can like turn it into a cluster of nodes, so that the the main process just like forks into multiple um, instances of the relay, and then you can handle like many clients at the same time. And that's basically how Node scales on a single machine. Um, so I started adding all those features into Nostream. And I think it's one of, if it's not, I don't think it's the most popular relay, but it's one of the most popular. And I think it's the easiest for people to get into it.
0: It would definitely be the easiest for people, uh, the most accessible for, for people if they want to do anything custom with a relay, because the, uh, there's a lower proportion of, of people who are um, like up there with Rust and Rust has like a, a really high a really steep learning curve like the borrow checker just kills you for the first like months that you're trying to get into rust this is like you keep banging your head against the wall anyway that's um yeah so have have you noticed anyone taking your relay and using it in other projects like embedding it in anything else
1: no as a matter of fact i haven't seen that happening um i think people are just running the relay as is um i've seen the the repository being forked but mm, no significant changes made to the actual code.
2: How about ZBD? I see that Andre Nevs wrote an article about how to set up a Nostr relay using yours. I think.
1: Yeah. So, so Andre he found he, he found out about the relay, and I think um, he he was also supporting the the, the other Rust relay as well. Um, but he he wrote a guide for Nostream. and back then it was called uh, Nostr TS relay. So I ended up renaming it just because, you know, it was confusing for people. One was DS and the other one was RS and just one letter difference. It's just confusing (laughs) for people. Um, Fiat job was giving me, was giving me shit because I was using such a similar name. Uh, So I ended up like he gave me so many choices uh, and and then I I ended up going for one that I thought was like uh, much cooler, which is Nostream. Um, But yeah, um, one of the things that um, I, I want to, to mention is also how like, the, the architecture of, of Nostream, which is um, it, instead of trying to make everything into like one single program that you run, it's actually scalable. Um, I use technologies that um, other developers will have used in the past as well, or they use at work like Postgrease. Um, that's the, the main database engine that, that uh, Redis uses. Um, and for caching, I've been using Redis as well. And all these things are like pluggable, like uh, well, not 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 so much PostgreS but anything that is uh, compatible with PostgreS you will be able to use it as well for nostring. Um, and as far as Redis, the code is uh, written in such a way that swapping it for another um, cache software, you could also do that, like Memcache or or even even storing it in memory. I wouldn't recommend it, not with the, the amount of people that we have or the amount of users that we have on, on the Naster network right now. Um, But you could use that for like a private relay. Um, Another thing that I did for Nostream was make sure that it had like integration tests. And what these tests are like, uh, I'm testing sending events as a user. Like like imagine a user named Alice and this Alice sends maybe a text note. And then there's another user called Bob and Bob should receive that event only if uh, Bob is subscribed to Alice. So all these tests, I'm like building them on Nostream, just to make sure that any new change that I, that I make on the Relay, you know, there's no regressions and it keeps, it's, it stays working, but it also guarantees that the feature that I'm claiming that the Relay supports, it's actually there. So I, I think um, I'm a big believer on testing your software and making sure that it is correct. So that's why I, I made sure that to add all those tests.
0: Could you extend those tests so that you could use that as like a third party, like a, just an independent testing suit that you could use to test other relays as well
1: yeah for sure i think um it's only like three lines to start so the tests start their own version of NoStream, just for testing um without all the clustering and stuff so i guess what you could do is just disable those lines that start the start NoStream in the tests and make it connect to your own relay and then you'll see uh if it's working or not with your own relay yeah for sure um, maybe this is something that, that could be made so that, you know, you can use it for any relay instead of just last stream. Yeah, for sure.
0: That could also be used to build, like, a, a thing to um, the relay database. I forgot I forgot whose who's project it is, but uh, the one which shows you all the relays and whether they're up or not, basically. But you could also, if you just run tests against each relay, then you could show, like, what features they support, not by whether they claim they support it or not, but by whether they actually support it or not.
1: Yeah, Um. I will probably... Just like run like those relays, uh, the software itself uh, behind the scenes, and and, and test the, the relays. Just because when you're running when you're running tests, you may hit the the rate limits on on the relays. Um, so when you when you're running tests, you have to put the relay in a mode where there is no rate limiting, and and and, and yeah, and that will work instead of just hitting every single. Existing relay instance that you can see on and that website that you were mentioning. I think it's the one called watch. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, so that one um, it, it does connect, you know, to the instances and, and sends like a test message. And if you log in on Noster.Watch, it actually uses your your user to send those events mm-hmm. and and try it on every relay. Um, one thing that I've been seeing uh, on on that website is that relays tend to turn into like this, they they show us disconnected, and the reason that's happening is because if you're not logged in into anoster watch, which is a new feature by the way, you, you couldn't always log in. Um, but if if you're not logged in, it's using like uh, like a like a like a default user to send to all these relays. But because there's like many many people with that page open, and the same user is basically sending those events to every single relay, it's getting rate limited, and that's why you see like 50 relays that are like uh, disconnected or like they don't work, but in reality, it's just that, you know, the user that it's being used to send those messages is, is just really limited.
2: Perhaps you can answer this question that I, I, I um, was looking at Nostra.ban for real-time statistics, and there was a huge spike on December 21st with daily active users and daily pubkeys running events. Was that related to something going on with like somebody launching ninety thousand new users on one day?
1: Um, it's that's it's possible that that's when uh, Twitter posted that they were banning Nostr. I'm not sure the exact date, but it um, two of those spikes. One of them could have been when Jack announced uh, Nostr on on Twitter, mm-hmm. and the other one when when Twitter actually. Uh, you know, try to ban Noster and all the other social networks. Uh, there's also yeah. the possibility, you know, that there was one spammer just creating public keys over and over and over. Yeah, and over. So, it,
2: it seems to be continuing. And I, I've i been looking at this data and it's very curious because the number of people with bios is around 100,000 or number of profiles with bi- with biographies is around 117,000, um, but totally there's about a quarter million, a quarter million pub keys that are currently running events. So maybe those are bots or maybe something else, or relays, or how, how would you how would you describe this?
1: Yeah, I think um, when you see profiles with bios, and not everyone has a bio, but when you see profile with, with bios, it's a better signal than no profile. Um, I, I do think most of them are users and not that many bots. I did. I did see like a, a spike on on Twitter bots actually joining hmm. Noster, using Noster.directory Directory to get verified. Right. It, yeah, it was fun to see that. I think those websites they they should add like a like a like a payment a, a civil resistance just to make sure you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the point of that? You know, what's the point of verifying your account on a website that just is just letting bots get in? Um, I don't think it, it gives a good signal. If you see someone from um, using uh, like a Nip 5 um, and I don't know if you guys have po- spoken about what that is, but um, if you if you see anyone using a Nip 5 from a domain that you know it's not taking any payments or there's there's no limit to who can join that domain, it's, it's not really like a first. It's not a verification. It's more like a identification. You're just saying this pubkey key oh sorry, this username on this domain belongs to this pubkey or something like that. Um, it's not it's not a verification as you will think of in the in the sense of like what Twitter Twitter gives you well with your check mark. It's a completely different thing. Um, which may lead to confusion.
2: Sure, um, sure. But
1: the idea here is, you know, everyone comes up with the way that they want to do identification. If you have your own domain, you can use your own domain. And I will actually recommend people to use their own domain instead of using someone else's, um, regardless of whether you're paying or not. But um, it's a good thing that any service that provides this, um, you know, take some money. There there must be some energy that someone has to put in to get to get their identification on that website.
2: Yeah, there is a cost associated somewhere down the line somebody's gonna have to pay for it yeah so you can only subsidize it for so long and i think lightning's great for that you know like if someone's going to host a domain name and maybe for their community like com, each new user would pay a small amount of lightning in order to have their nip5 connected to it
1: yeah I, i think that's actually happening and um some of these projects are actually um some of that, some of that, some of those SATs that are coming in, they are donating it back to, to the Nostr fund. So I, I know there was a donation that was made to um, William, who is managing part of the the donation that Jack gave via uh, Jeff And um, this money is just going to be used for developing more things. And at this point, I'm not even sure if we need the donations because you know the the the, the rage to develop and, and create new things <laughs> is so high that it's clear it's clear that we're not doing this for the money, <laughs> you know we're doing this because it's fun.
2: It's great yeah. entertainment.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. I,
0: money is a double-edged sword. Anyway, it's it's um, being funded causes a lot of problems as as well as helping you out. So it's not necessarily a good thing.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think mm-hmm. one of the reasons why Fiat Jeff split the fund in half is because, you know, um, he didn't want to manage all that money himself. And even though he had pretty good ideas and he has pretty good ideas on how to spend it, um, it it's, it's still like a, a big burden. And yeah. yeah.
2: Absolutely.
1: Now, when you're starting a project on Noster, you're not really sure what you're signing up to. <laughs> That's the <laughs> one thing. Like, You can start your client, you can start your relay software, but once people start using it, you're going to be spending time, uh, which has happened to me, like spending time supporting people, getting their relay up and running, fixing bugs, um, and, and just getting messages from random people just like, hey, how can I do this on the relay and uh, or the client? Addressing um, memes <laughs> yeah. on the
2: global feed. Oh, some of these some of these people are hilarious the competition to pay invoices my goodness, but it's also good It's a very positive environment. I, I really have, you know have been enjoying the growth on Nostra because people are really very supportive And you know, there's less of this kind of angst I think around you know funded Being you know Like what G was saying how money can be a double-edged sword people are doing this because they really like it and that's that's special
0: in open source, I'm sure both of you guys have seen, like, really good projects just die because the founders, like, fuck this, are not making any money and, like, it's taking up too much time. Like, there's a there's a popular Golang um, project called Gorilla, which is just, like, a web. Um, it doesn't really matter what it is. Anyway, it's a very popular Golang library. And um, they just shut down the end of last year because it's, like, I think, basically, the developer just doesn't have time to keep going. Um people get burnt out like in open source yeah. all the time, like they just get burnout, out. And it's just like, well, the way you fix burnout really is just with money. So like, that's probably the best way to use the funding that Jack provided is just to identify projects that are, like if, if JB 55 starts being like, well, fuck this, I'm gonna stop developing Damus. Cause like, I don't have the time. I need to actually like make money on something. Then, then like he could get paid from that fund, for example, right? Like I think he already is, yeah. but. But like, that's the kind of thing. I think that's that's the way like to use that kind of money.
2: Absolutely, and you know, creating circular economies where you're providing services that people are willing to pay for. Um, I, I I really like the potential for a lot of small businesses to start spe- uh, to start appearing on a system like this because you know too long everyone's been kind of attaching themselves to larger, you know, tech platforms because there's no other way for them to really monetize. Um, you know, people have been using PayPal or, you know, uh, Cash App or any other centralized system, and here it's sort of like, okay, you know, I can I can be independent from someone else who will be taking a cut of the fees, and in this case, it's going straight to the people who are actually supporting the service and developing the service through Lightning, and that's pretty special.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think Fiat um, Jav added that. Uh, Nostr has like the chance to to take down Twitter, but I I don't, I don't think I don't think Twitter is the like the 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 competitor to Nostr. I think it's it's every single communication platform that is text based is basically um, on 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 the crosshairs of Nostr, and and or or maybe not. You know, Nostr has this capability of uh, integrating with every single platform out there. You know, if they want to, so. Uh, what, what I think is gonna happen is just like people are gonna be like, oh well, let's just integrate with Nostr so that you know we don't lose half of our users to Nostr. <laughs> um, so I think that's what's gonna happen. Uh, it's just going to be swallowing uh, every single social network out there. Um, in a way, uh, Nostr is disintermediating all these platforms that are just like in the way, you know, and preventing people from owning their identity, owning their their graph, owning their their own data and their messaging. Yeah, maybe we can talk about the pay-to-relay. Or did I mention yes.
2: that before? Yes. We'll do
1: it. All right, let's go. Um, so there's this concept about uh, paying to a relay that um, showed up on, I believe, Twitter, and it was, I think NVK was the first one to mention it. And it, it it's it's about you know relays accepting payments for their services. Um, one of the things that relays could do is um, charge an admission fee so before you can use so, so right now every single relay is like public and if, if the relay operator didn't lock it down using like a whitelist, um you can connect to it you can start sending messages and as long as you stay under the uh, rate limits you can send as many messages as you want um but there's this uh there's this problem where someone could create many different uh, public keys or not create but they, because they already exist but use many different public keys to post to a relay and send a bunch of spam and a way to prevent that is by charging a fee. And one of the things that the relays that implement this, this feature, Pay to Relay, is to charge an admission fee where you, um, and this could go, there, there could be two flows. Um, you either go to the uh, the Relays website and then you're shown like a, like a form where you can put in your public key and then you click pay, maybe it shows you like how much you're going to be paying and then what you're getting out of it. Um, and then once you click pay, it, it gives you like, it shows you like a, uh, like a QR code that you can, you can scan with your lightning wallet. And then once you pay, bam, you're in that public key has permission to start, to, to start uh, publishing. So that has the, the, the chance of, uh, putting, uh, putting the brakes on any spammer or anyone that is like coming into the relay to just like create havoc. Um, um, that's one thing that relays could be charging for. Um, another one could be like a subscription fee. So okay, you can join my relay, but every month you basically have to renew and pay again another fee. Um, there's also this concept of paying per post, which um, I don't know if you've used Stacker News before, but if you have, um, whenever you post something on Stacker News, you have to pay some sats, and that's a way to prevent you know spam, because every time you you are sending something out there, you it has to take some energy. You can't just uh, like um, disrupt Stacker News, for example, just by sending a bunch of links and a bunch of posts that nobody cares about. It, it, it will actually cost you. So the same concept, taking that to Noster relays, you could have it. Um, there's a chance, you know, that uh, paying to relay could cost centralization. So um, if you if if this if, if you're already paying for this relay, then you maybe you don't want to pay for the other relay because you're already paying for this one. Um, but I think y- using Lightning, the prices on these relays will be so comp- competitive and so low that in reality, you will be able to uh, uh, basically pay an admission fee on multiple relays. And that's like a one time thing. And as long as you don't turn hostile, like you don't become a spammer or, or something else that the relay rejects, <laughs> then you are good. You can continue using that relay. Um, another concept that I've been thinking about uh, based on this pay to relay, it's also... Um, the ability to redistribute some of the profits that are coming into the relay to the users. So it creates like this circular economy where, um, because you're um, liking posts, you're posting yourself, uh, you're participating on that relay, uh, you're connected to it and you use it on a daily basis. Based on that, maybe you get some sats back just for behaving well on the relay. And that actually, does create some centralization, but you get you're getting something out of it. And I think uh, the first relay that does it, every other relay will like try to copy it, and and, and give back to their users. And it, it will also be a way for people that like have no way to earn Sats, uh, to earn Sats that way. Like, oh, hey, all you have to do is like greet people and say hello and get followers and start behaving well. So I think it has like all the right incentives, and that that a network like Nostr needs. So I think that's one of the things that I will be implementing after pay-to-relay is a thing.
0: Yeah, that would be really cool to if you implement that. Um, So, like a couple of things. One is like getting Sats back. That's you've seen Fountain, right? The podcasting app. Um, That's what they do um, in in a way. Uh, When you listen, they actually give you Sats. But when you make a request to a subscription, like when you when you subscribe uh, to a relay. Um you are not giving them your pub key, right? So so how would that work?
1: Yeah, so right now there's a nip that is being Yeah, it's been proposed. There's a lot of conversation around it, but it's a it's an authentication nip and what that it's gonna let us uh do, I mean from the relay perspective, uh, is see who's who's who. So when you request something today, nobody knows, you know, who's requesting it. But in the future um, you may have to authenticate, you may have to say oh here's here's my pub key and that's how relays are gonna know how much um, stuff are you requesting and, and based on that you know may may, may limit you or may uh, give you more cap to get messages than somebody else you know or it, it, they, they may do all these kind of things it's not clear today you know what the market's gonna look like um, but I think auth is the precursor to to for relays, you know, to be able to offer all these uh, differentiated services to users.
0: Has there been any discussion on um, the auth mechanism, like how it would actually work? Um, Because I was thinking uh, for another project I was working on, um, uh, if you auth just by, uh, like when you send us, when you open up a WebSocket connection to the relay, um, that's both directions, right? So you just send, a message like it could be really simple just send send an event to the relay and then it's signed by you then they know that's you like if you send um like the, the latest block header the latest bitcoin block header or something um uh then they know from then on like every every subscription over that web socket connection um comes from you
1: yeah there's actually being a lot of conversation regarding this uh nip and it's actually i think in my opinion it's it's going past the point where you know it's it's starting to look like by shedding so so many people have opinions on how it should work that um maybe we just need something simple you know i mean the, the whole uh, ethos about noster is just like keeping things as simple as possible that's something that just works and covers the basis but doesn't cover every edge case or every single um uh, like think multi-accounts, right? some clients will probably allow you to, uh, add multiple private keys so you can post as, as many different users. And that'll probably be useful for maybe some community manager. Um, mm. but today, you know, most users just need that one public key to be authenticated. So, um, the conversation has been pretty, pretty broad, pretty long. There's many ways to go about this, some better than others. It's hard to say, you know, which one is better, but I think, um, Getting to a point where I think we're really close to getting this uh, merge into the into the repository, and I think what's missing is like an implementation, and it's it's, it's gonna have to be on both sides. So, realists are gonna have to implement auth as it is today, and it's, uh, clients are also gonna have to do this. And once we have this,
2: oh, so um, it seems like a similar issue has come up on Ellen Bits, which I've worked with a bit. Um, in that, you know, there are so many people who want to use an instance of LMBits, but, you know, they want to restrict how many accounts or maybe, you know, the number of lightning addresses that can be created with an LMBits account. And so it seems to me that with relays, you don't have to implement every single NIP, right? You can, you only have to implement the first one. So if you're running a, say a community relay for a specific special group that you'd manage or a group of relays, you could set those rule sets of, you know, only one pub key per, you know, user or you know, in your community and then have that cross authenticated with some other platform. Is that something that you could see happening?
1: Yeah, I could see that happening. Um I think you you don't have to implement every single nip out there. You can implement the ones that make sense for your community. And, and, and like you said, you know, the, the only one that needs to be implemented is NIP01 and then all the other ones are like optional. So I do foresee some people um, uh, implementing, you know, even uh, direct messages their own way um, in the way that they think it's, it's more the most useful. Because right now, DMs, I don't know if you've used them, but they're not they're not very good. Um, they actually leak a lot of information. And uh, yeah, if, you, if you're a, a privacy-conscious person, you probably wouldn't be using Nostr to, to send messages.
2: How how are they leaking information right now? Like, can you go into that a bit more in detail?
1: Yeah, for sure. So when you send a DM, um, part of the metadata on the event is the public key of the recipient, because um, the recipient needs to know that the message was for them. And the only way that the relay currently has way like of knowing who's uh, DMs is these are uh, is by you know adding the public key of that person, so it, it it leaks who who actually got that message. One of the things that that the authentication NIP wants to solve is uh, for you to get information from a relay. Uh, sorry, not information, but the DMs you need to be authenticated. So only when you're authenticated for this public key, you can get the DMs for that particular public key, and it doesn't really solve the problem. You know, you, you could be sending your DMs to a relay that doesn't support authentication and then your, your DMs will still be leaked. Um, or the, Not the contents themselves, but the metadata about the DMs or who you're talking to, um, that could be leaked. Um, but the, the problem still remains. Um, it's, it's just like, a, a, how do I put it? I think authentication is more useful for uh, differentiated services and you know to 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 know how much this particular user is using like uh, in terms of data how, um, how uh, pretty much i think that's that's the the most useful part not so much uh you know preventing people from getting dms um so not too long ago i started this experiment about uh, mining your own public key so the idea behind this is that you show that you you chose that you some proof of work that you actually spend some energy to get the the current public key and the reason why you would do that is to to basically um differentiate your public key from another public key that was just like obtained um instantly so every single not every single public key but you can pick any private key uh, randomly and, and do it in like milliseconds and then you will have a new Public key, but if you if I tell you oh but your public key needs to meet this condition like it needs to start with this many zeros at the beginning or at the end um, or it must have this pattern somewhere in it then that will mean that you will need to mine those keys like you will need to try over and over many different private keys until you land with a public key that you know that matches that criteria that has this many zeros, or has this many eights, or has this uh, re- repeating pattern that can be seen. Um, and based on that, one of the things that I, that I thought uh, that I could experiment on is putting up this relay where the only way you can send messages to it is by having a, a public key that starts with 32 bits as zeros. Um, in hex, that will look like eight zeros. Um, it's, it's a very ex- exclusive relay. It's an experiment. It's, it's not really meant to be, you know, one necessarily knows there needs to be in the future. Like everyone needs to mine or, or else. It's just something to, we're early. It's a, it's a good idea to try things out right now. Um, and I, that's the way that I put it up. Um, but, the, but then that, that turns into an issue. Like how do people mine their public keys? Um, and, and because I put up this relay, people started asking me, Hey, Ricardo, how do you how do you actually uh, mine a public key? And I had to explain over and over and over to as many people as were coming to me, you know, hey, how do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do this? And I was seeing also the same conversation happening on multiple uh, groups and channels. So um, I was approached by this one person, Matt. Some of you know know her for, from Twitter. Uh, I met her on on Noster, actually, I was using Damas. And we had a conversation over DMs over on Damas. And I, I guided her on how to mine her public key. And initially, you know, she was trying like with every every device she had and they were so slow and it wasn't really working. Um, but one of the things that I asked her was to okay, we're gonna do this. I'm gonna show you how to do it, how you mine your own public key. But at the end, the only thing that I asked from you is that you write a guide for someone who is not a developer someone who is not like uh, a techie to actually mine their own public key. And and I'm sure uh, because you're none of those people, you will be able to write something that anyone else can understand. So that was the agreement that we entered. And she basically explained how to use this tool called RANA. Um, it's a it's a it's a command line tool uh, created by Negronch. I think it's active in the Bitcoin community. I'm not 100 percent sure he wrote it in Rust. And basically what this uh, tool does is that it uses your graphic card to mine uh, public keys and you can mine public keys that start with zeros you can mine public keys where the npop format um, has like a certain uh, pattern of words Um, one key that i mined recently was uh, stoner so um, now i have it's going to be a bot that that i create and it's going to be running on on uh this client called uh, snort and I have no idea what I'm gonna be using this bot for but the the the, the pop key of that this bot is a vanity key and it starts with it starts with npub one and then stoner and I think that's pretty cool um, there's another tool that you could use to mine your own uh, public key which is nostril this one was made by William and it's written in C um, the tool was initially initially created to uh, to to create events, and also you can mine events with it. So similar to how you will mine a public key to have uh, a certain number of leading zeros, uh, you will, you could mine events, and that is something that is actually a NIP. Um, there's a NIP right now, a nostr where you can mine events that start with the an ID with a, like a leading number of zeros. And the idea is for you to show, you know, that you, before you send that event, you spend some energy.
2: That is really super cool. Um, I tried Rana the other day, and I managed to create a pub key for myself. It took a little while for my little arm one to get five distinct characters, but it worked. Jack, do you want to introduce yourself?
3: Uh, yeah, so I'm Jack, and I made the Nosbin website. Um Basically it's like pay spin um, kind of thing, but it's supposed to be decentralized and censorship resistant as various uses that I have in mind.
0: Jack, um, when did you find out about Noster? Like what's your what's your history
3: with Noster so far? How's it been going? I think I initially found out about Noster. I think two weeks ago, maybe three. And it happened when I was scrolling on Twitter and I came across one of Jack's posts, and Jack posted, um, I think it was his lock screen, and it had Damus on it, and I was like, "What is that app?" Because it got me curious, it had the little yellow test flight icon next to it. So I looked more into it, and I downloaded Damus, and I started looking around, and I started following the people, and after using it long enough, and learning a little bit more about, you know, Bitcoin, because everyone on there is very much Bitcoin maximalist. Not everyone, but a lot of people. Um, I got interested, and I was reading up on the. I started reading on the protocol, and I was like, "This is dead simple. I can build a simple app off of this," and that's what I did. I built Nosbin in a night.
0: Yeah, it's it's awesome how simple it is. Like, it just means you can just immediately do useful things with it. Like, within like literally like half an hour with nospin so like what's the architecture of that did you create a new event kind or anything like that to to build nospin
3: so i yes i ended up creating a new event kind to be specific it's uh 1050 i believe if i'm correct but i created a new event because i didn't want people that were making uploads or to appear in their public feed because that would get just get way too spammy and also if people are posting markdown on that you know, people are gonna see markdown you know in their feed and at the time that just wasn't a thing should it be a thing I don't think we should have all this fancy titles right directly in clients I think that should be more reserved for special more special clients that are actually meant for that but I mean we can have bold bold text but other than that I mean yes I created a new event because it was just it would get too much and at the beginning it was You couldn't use your own um, keys, but that was simply because it just wasn't far enough into development. And unfortunately, that's when it blew up. Um, But now that's a thing. You can use your own uh, private and public keys.
0: Uh, Cool. Ricardo, what do you think about um, uh, Markdown in events, in like Kind1 events?
1: Yeah, I think there's Markdown in damas so it's being used i know fiat job doesn't really like markdown just because you know linking to an image is just so weird like you have to use these brackets and in parentheses just to just to put an image and he didn't like that part so Fiat Job was like we're not gonna do we're not gonna do markdown but initially yeah Noster was supporting a subset of markdown um I think it's fine, I mean, as, as long as we don't overuse it, I think for italics, bold, and maybe underline, I think it's pretty good.
0: Yeah, um, Yeah, but it to- totally makes sense for a new event kind for uh, Pace because you're going to get all kinds of stuff in there, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I think the use case yeah, is that's why it merits. Um, a new event kind, because you you're, you could be pasting code, you could be pasting all th- all sorts of things, and you probably don't want that showing up on anyone's feed.
3: Exactly, I don't want my um, you know my my uh my crash dump to be appearing on my feed to my followers. That just would not be ideal, and be like they're gonna be looking at their feed and they're gonna be like, what what is this like?
2: Yeah, I I like it. It's simple. Um I noticed that you wrote it with Veet and uh, felt. How do you like those? And I'm just curious, Jack, why did you pick that?
3: So why did I pick that? So initially I was going to use Next.js, but then I realized that this is inherently going to be a client-sided app and I didn't want to mess around with server-side rendering or anything like that, um, and I wanted something that would be better exportable to just raw JS, or raw JavaScript that wouldn't mess around on the server. I don't want a cheap hosting. So I, I picked Svelte. I've heard really good things about it, and I decided to give it a spin. and I was, I was surprised. I actually really liked it a lot, because when I first saw Svelte, I was like, this is going to be really cluttered because you're mixing you know, your CSS and your HTML and your JavaScript all in one file. But it's actually, it's very great developer experience. It's it makes everything faster, it's just it's simpler. Like with React, I'd be fiddling around with variables and state. Like, it's just, it's a better experience. And it's such a simple app too, it doesn't need anything crazy.
2: Yeah, that's great. Uh, I, I like that. Um- react is kind of a ugly stepchild in so many ways um yeah so what what are you going to do next with nospin like where do you see this heading i see you have a bunch of features that you've implemented you're going to use you're going to implement bech 32 support and then other features like um what do you What do you see this heading are you are you going to encourage other people to run their pace or um what do you see or is this just sort of like a side hacky project that you're doing for fun
3: well i mean i am doing it for fun but i mean honestly i do want it i do want to see it grow into something more major so i have a bunch of features lined up so you know a few days ago i quickly added uh the ability to preview your markdown because what I want to happen on NOSPIN, for example, is for people to create draft NIPs on it and then share it. That's like that's like kind of a dream, right? That would be really sick. But I don't really see it heading in like, a, like an article direction where, you know, like medium. You know, I don't want it to go there. I want it to be more like, you know, GitHub Gist where people can post like, long-form tutorials, um, on there too, alongside their code, and then they can have those public, so, I mean, you know, for example, what we could do is we could create articles about setting up your own NIP05, um, on your own domain, and such, that's, like, that's kind of the direction I wanted to go, alongside normal, just pastebin, um, like, code and such,
0: I think that's an awesome direction to go in. That'd be really cool. Um, like basically like like gists, but but easier and without having to like have a GitHub account and all this stuff. Exactly.
1: I have a question. Are you planning on implementing like secret uh, no spins?
3: The thing about secret no spins, no spins is the problem with that is at that point, you're just asking someone else to host your own data. And I don't agree with that. I don't like the idea of turning Nostr into the world's cloud server. So what it would be more like would be just um, a post that would be unlisted. It had a special tag um, on the event that say, okay, don't list this on any sort of discovery or on the user's profile, which I am going to add profiles eventually. But it's stuff like that. And then eventually I might add like a delete function or like, uh, re- I might make it replaceable so you can edit it. Though um, so I'm not sure what my position is on that yet. I'll have to think more about it.
2: I think one thing I would like to see is an expiring NOSPIN. Like, pay something that's only going to be there for two days and you can pay for it. And then using Lightning, hey. and it'll go away. Yeah?
3: Yeah, that could happen. I mean, isn't there a. Expiration IP or
1: am I? Yeah, you're oh, correct. Uh, NIP forty, I believe, is expiration timestamps.
3: See, uh, that NIP could be done, and
2: that would be awesome, like as a use case for short-lived things.
0: There's also ephemeral, ephemeral events. You can delete events with um, kind five, I think, it is deletion. And um, but there's also ephemeral events, which um, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it, but I think there'd be there's something cool there for like with not spin with ephemeral events, like ephemeral pastes.
3: See, what I how I picture those kinds of events is that it's more like a um like a real time connection kind of thing. Um like a web socket, so like if you're not connected to it then just the information isn't sent to you. Um because it's not stored. So like what happens if you try to if you send that link and the link comes down and you go to it, it's not going to be there because it's not stored. That's the, that's the thing with that, unless you're talking about some kind of real-time um, location where it would go in between devices, but that already exists.
2: I, I sort of see the use case as being, you know, like a dead drop, almost. Where, you know, someone needs a piece of information, and then you drop it to them there, and then it disappears. Um, and you don't want other people to access it. In, in certain parts of the world, you kind of need that where information sensitivity is like, you know, people are a little bit more paranoid and very cautious. So they want a place where they can sort of put it temporarily and let's say somebody will pay them a bit for it and then it goes. So, I mean, I, I don't know if that's uh, where a lot of people use it, but can, I, I know that for Reddit, people do try to do something with that
3: it's an interesting use case I've never thought about that before
2: yeah I mean there are w- some censored materials in uh, parts of the world where um, in order for me to get access to it you know there'd be people talking about on a reddit message board and I say, so where can I get it and then they would put it on a paste bin that has like a password access to it but that's still like a centralized entity and that would expire after a short period of time in here with Noster, you could do something similar, um, you know, but maybe like you have an access, you know, method of access to it, or maybe a method of payment to it.
3: So, I mean, first thing that came to mind would be inputting a pub key into Nospin and then having that si- uh, signed and encrypted and putting like an expiration timer on it. So, say, maybe like an hour or two,
2: yeah, exactly, or you know. If- for example, key chat rooms have an expiration time. Um, like this chat room can be created uh, with a two hour expiration or with like a two day or two week expiration and that that link won't work after a certain period of time. so wherever you're putting that it could also be consistent with the amount of time it has to live like time to live before it goes. and it makes sense because like, you know, if you're gonna have a conversation with somebody, you're gonna have it at this hour on this day, um, but you're you're not gonna want that link to persist out into the future necessarily. Um, so I could see them going hand in hand because one of the biggest issues with key so far is like making sure someone gets that link and they use it before it expires. Um, at the current state of where Keat's been developed to,
3: that's interesting. This is my first time on the app actually. Um, I'm actually very surprised of how many features it has. Um, that's interesting how the rooms just kind of vanish after a certain period of time. Um, that could be very useful. What I was going to say about the ephemeral events was I do see that as a possibility for establishing WebRTC connections. You could do something like that. All clients are connected to the WebSocket and then they receive that ephemeral event and then they all authorize or connect with each other, because I'm pretty sure WebRTC is inherently peer-to-peer, but you yeah. could do
2: something
3: uh, like that.
2: Yeah, Key is using WebRTC, I think. Um, there's also another front-end client that's shown up this week called iris.to, and uh, it's a very pretty interface, it's quite beautiful. Um, they've only started integrating with Nostra back in, at the end of December. But one of the curious things about that developer is they've actually come from the GundDV, um community. And I'm not sure oh, if you're really familiar. Yeah. One yeah, of the things it's, I it's, I noticed in that, in that uh, web client is that there is a reference to WebRTC. I'm not sure how that's being used, but Maybe, yeah, me too. I was confused yeah. about that. Yeah, um, and the direct messages don't work yet, but it seems like whoever is implementing this is taking something from that other community and has transitioned parts of it. Maybe they will integrate some aspect of WebRTC, or maybe not.
3: I mean, yeah. I mean, that could be. I was, I looked at that. I was like, they are they doing calls on here? Like that's. That was very surprising for me. But, I mean, what it could, be, it could be used for is just connecting uh, with, like, other peers. Um, so maybe if, um, maybe it has some sort of, like, temporary, like, message feature or something like that.
2: Uh, yeah. I'm not um, sure.
3: I'd have to look more into it.
2: Yeah, same here. I haven't really done a deep dive into the GunDB community. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. But they are also along the lines of offline-first distributed computing networking and um, there's some sort of relationship between the um, organization and uh, Twitter Blue Sky, which I don't know in detail yet, but I saw that on a page.
1: One thing that I wanted to mention was that um, the ability to use ephemeral events on NOSPIN for real-time collaboration, where maybe you, you pass in uh, CRTT um, through ephemeral events, and many people can work on the same NOSPIN at the same time um you can see what the other person is doing on the screen there's actually many apps that i will want to be ported to Nostr, um and they they, they, you know even even whole like desktop interfaces um you could have on, on your screen where you're like sharing and listening to the same music at the same time um the windows move and everything is all all happening at the same time it doesn't really need to be you know different people using it but maybe you have a that setup on this machine, and you want to have the same setup on the other machine. And as you move it here, it moves on the other screen the same way. Um, so I think that that's a that's a good use case for ephemeral events.
2: Yeah, uh, the first thing that came to my mind was Dropbox Paper. Um, when you mentioned being able to have a shared notepad app where people can see the other person who are also on the app typing, that would that would be fantastic.
3: I completely agree. That would be document you know google docs style document collaboration um though i don't know if it'd be the right fit for nospin because it's a much more like it's a much more specialized app than something like say google docs google docs is definitely more of like a um like productivity tool nospin is different but you i could you could base that same app on what nospin has right now with its um, methods of you know storing markdown and special events and all the editors that it has, all the editors that are out there in the JavaScript world in general. There's so many editors uh, like markdown editors that you could use. The real-time collaboration potential is it's, it's incredible.
0: So uh, um, what's the like? I'm <clears throat> just wondering if anyone's seen anything cool. Like what's the coolest thing you've seen in Notion like over the last week?
1: I think for me the coolest thing that i've seen has been uh banner banners on profiles um damas i think was the first to introduce them on Noster clients and uh i think snort is another one that's uh, catching up to that and i'm i'm pretty sure it's going to be implemented in many other uh, clients um i think it's pretty cool because it gives uh people you know more expressivity on their profiles instead of just like a profile picture um it's starting to look more like uh, what was that thing? MySpace? Well, there was something before it where you could, like, you know, have, your, like, your own website. I think profiles are going to start turning into that.
3: Uh, YouTube was like that for a time period. You could really customize those pages. But, coolest thing had to have been... I mean, I completely agree with Kamari. That was... I mean, seeing banners was really sick. But also really liked the idea of having, um... Like, uh, like... Nostr spaces, and it's not completely fleshed out on the protocol, but the idea of being able to vocally talk with people, you know, about Nostr, um, and you know, specing stuff, I think that's really valuable. And I've been in Nostr spaces all the time. They're ran by Nostr Plebs website. It's really, it's really enjoyable, really fun. I think it's going to be really powerful.
1: Actually, it scratched the whole banner thing. I think uh because I just saw it. Um Nosegram is like the coolest thing that I've seen. So basically an Instagram clone but built on Nostr.
3: That's exciting. I'm I'm excited to try that.
2: All right, great. I don't have any further questions. G.
0: Yeah, I guess we can uh, wrap this up then. Um yeah, awesome to talk to you, Jack, and um I'm not sure what this podcast is going to morph into, but um like I'm thinking like more like more of the way Citadel Dispatch uses it with like li- like more live stuff. So like um um how they have like live comments and stuff like that.
3: You know, I had an idea um, before this. We could actually run the podcast on Naster Spaces and then upload the um, clips to you know, Spotify and such. But it would let people to listen in live.
0: Yeah, that would be really cool actually. Yeah, okay, I'm going to check out lots of Spaces this week and um, see how that goes. Um, cool. All right. Uh, awesome to talk to you guys. And I'll um, oh, catch you later. Catch Thank you for later. having me.